Let's talk about our democracy for a minute. <laughs> but let's do it in a way that makes the snowflakes' heads explode. Let me be clear before this podcast begins. We are loud, loud proud, proud, and do not give a fuck. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. Real and raw political and social commentary. The freedom to oppress the rights of other people is not liberty. You shit-eating moron. Ah, the smell of freedom of speech. This is the Tony Michaels Podcast. And this is Tony Michaels. Hey, Tony. Fuck em. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk, the Tony Michaels Podcast, episode number six. We have a great one for you today. We have a guest today that is going to tell us all about the wackadoos in QAnon. That's not how he puts it. That's how I put it. But he's going to give us his insight and his professional view of what QAnon is and how it can be unlocked, or if it can be unlocked, frankly, and how that all looks in our country. So there's a couple different stories that I want to talk about first before we get into our guest, and I'll be uh, I'll, I'll introduce him here in a second. Um, he's with us on the other line here, but uh, there's a couple stories I want to get to uh, before we start digging into QAnon and how to uncross the wires that these people uh, have crossed in their brains and in the country and can can we figure out a way? Can we figure out a way to to help these people, or is there helping them? You know, let's let's we're gonna unpack that today. But the first thing I want to talk about here is um, someone passed away today. His name is Rush Limbaugh. You people have probably heard of this motherfucker. Uh, he, he was a radio host for a couple years on a uh, insignificant talk radio show. <laughs> uh, this 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 moron had a lot of influence on this country for a long time. And he used his obvious talent for not anything good, a lot of bad, a lot. I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh uh, almost every day until he really uh, decided to uh, uh, dive deep into the Cheeto universe of Donald Trump. And uh, it was the same disgusting stuff every day, and I couldn't take it anymore, so I stopped listening to Rush Limbaugh. Uh, and, and most of the days that I listened to Russian Ball, I would completely be yelling and screaming at the radio because I vehemently disagree with almost every single word this guy said. I just find it very ironic that the person who was on the radio spewing lines to the American people about how uh, cigarettes and tobacco do not cause cancer and they do not kill you. Uh, he died from lung cancer today. So uh, good luck, Russian Ball, and, and good luck to whoever who takes up his mantle. Um, so, the other the other significant news today was uh, the casino in Atlantic City, uh, Trump Taj Mahal or whatever the hell it was called. I don't remember. Um, I don't. Know, it doesn't really matter. Uh, we got to see this thing imploded in, on video today, which was friggin' fantastic. I might say it is. Uh, it is great. It is great to watch Donald Trump lose an election. It is great to watch him get impeached twice, even though he was he wasn't convicted. It's still fifty seven votes to. Uh, to convict this guy, uh, obvious, obviously the majority of the country is not is not behind this Trumpism, uh, even though we have a large population that still is. But it is, it, I'll just have to say it is, it is such a great day to watch Trump Tower fall to the complete ground, uh, and it, just a day after he writes this letter to 
to try to uh, eviscerate uh, Mitch McConnell as if this is a good thing for Trumpism. Like they're not on the run, that they have to attack their own leaders in their own party, Uh, which kind of leads me to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, is how infiltrated is QAnon inside the Republican Party, and can it be reversed, or is it just a thing that's going going to exist, you know, and going to exist for the long haul? Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know if that's if that's how we can expect this to keep going, or if we're going to uh, if we're going to actually watch this thing melt down because we do have the March Fourth thing coming up. You know, they keep yelling about March Fourth, March Fourth, March Fourth. Which you know, this day will pass. Apparently, Trump Hotel in D.C. has raised their rates because all these Trumpladites are 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 uh, uh, booking rooms at the Trump D.C. hotel, so they're paying four times the cost on their orange deities hotel, so they can go do whatever it is that they're. I don't know what they're planning on doing. I guess standing out in front of his hotel with their flags. I have no idea. It should be very interesting, but. Um, but you know this this QAnon question is is a complex one. I think, um, you know, I, I truly believe that that the QAnon stuff has been that this mantle of QAnon has been taken up by some of these white supremacists and some of these white supremacists that live inside evangelical Christianity, uh, white evangelical Christianity to be exact, and they espouse these white supremacist ideas. They've taken up QAnon. They they've used it as their voice to have this thin veil of supremacy. So you know they. Uh, forever they called it the alt-right and that branding didn't work and we'll get into that here in a minute so they rebranded as QAnon and it's a lot easier to sell this garbage uh, to people who want to believe it that don't want to think that they're that they're white supremacists but that's just my personal belief but we have someone on the podcast today that has a little bit of uh, uh, professional experience in psychosis and uh, I call it wackadoo you know because I like to use words like that because they're funny uh, but he uses different words. He uses those professional words, which is good. Because I want to ask him about those words and what the hell they mean. Uh, he did a video a while back on um, on psychosis and mass psychosis and, and how this stuff uh, affects mass groups of people and what to expect. But he's on TikTok, so he only gets 60 fucking seconds to say this stuff. So I said, hey, man, I want you to come on and give us more than 60 seconds of your knowledge. Like, you can drop it. Let's drop it on a, on a, on a platform that's a hell of a lot longer than 60 seconds. So let me play you a clip, the, the video that I think, I think is the question that a lot of people are asking themselves right now about QAnon and Trumpism, uh, Make America Great Again, white supremacy in this country. That This video kind of asks the question, and he doesn't have time to really answer it. So we're going to let him answer it on the other side of this when I introduce him. But here's the video that I seen of Matt D on TikTok. So Trump's out of office. We've got a new president. And yet, if your world's anything like mine, you're still dealing with the effects on your family, your friends, your coworkers. What we're dealing with is known as shared psychosis, which is a disorder that is characterized by the sharing of psychotic symptoms between two or more people. The inducer, Trump, the induced, his supporters. So how this happens is someone delusional and paranoid like Trump gets in an influential position and forges an emotional bond with his supporters and then passes his symptoms on through that bond. Through prolonged exposure to his delusions and his paranoia, these previously healthy people um, become deluded, paranoid, and perhaps even uh, take on his propensity towards violence. Here's the good news. The way to treat shared psychosis is to remove uh, exposure. And that's happened. He's off Twitter. He's out of office, not in the spotlight as much. Most who've been infected will make a full recovery. You might even be seeing that. But what about the ones who have continued to devolve even further? Well, they're going to have their own separate video. So stay tuned. 
All right. Hey, Matt, how are you, buddy? Hey, how's it going, Tony? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. So that video uh, answers a lot or, or asks a lot more questions than it answers because you only got 60 seconds. Um, I think that's right. why you were going to do a, a second video. But so today we're, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about this and we're going to talk about it. And we had a Alrighty. chance to discuss this earlier um, and you had a lot of good insight on this. But tell us a little bit about yourself and why the hell we should listen to a guy like you about stuff like this. Right. So, um, so I have a graduate degree in psychology. Um, I am licensed to practice psychotherapy, um, and I have advanced training in body-centered psychotherapy. I've worked in uh, community mental health clinics and the criminal justice system, counseling people, working with some pretty difficult populations, working with people who do have psychosis, um, and I currently... Uh, run a successful uh, private psychotherapy practice. So you could say that my world is um, very much uh, made up of psychology. Awesome, awesome. So, so, so the question that you pose in there, uh, because again, I I call it all these funny words. I say they're Looney Tunes or wackadoos, um, you know. And 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 part of that is to get the laughs. Uh, you know, but but uh, to 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 talk a little bit about it without having their expense in it, um, these people do have mental health problems. I mean, uh, is it every single one of them? Can can we just say can we just say oh this is a mental health thing and that's all it is, or is it beyond? Is it a little more beyond of just mental health state? This psychosis that you call it, and explain the oh, psychosis. Right, right. So that's beyond, and and yeah, let's get that out of the way. That there is. Um, so there is your Trump supporter, right? That is about practicality over morality. What they're interested in is their wallet. Trump was good for them, whatever. And they don't care about all the other stuff. So that might even be the majority of Trump supporters. But then you have, you know, so those were people that um, weren't emotionally bonded. They didn't forge, Trump wasn't able to forge that emotional bond with them. So, but you have other people that were, that were for whatever reason, uh, needy, needed to uh, connect in an emotional way with somebody, with an authoritarian person, and they did. And once that happens, uh, Trump can pass on his uh, psychosis to the person through that bond. And basically what psychosis is, to answer your question, is it's just, um, it's sort of uh, an alternate reality, right? People that are, are living in, uh, something has gone wrong, their wires have been crossed, in their brain, Tony, to where um, they have delusions and uh, hallucinations, and it can take on all sorts of forms. I could talk about it endlessly, so I'll we'll, we'll cut it right there. So, so let me ask you. See, so you, you said they they you know I, I I like to say they get their wires crossed, and I, I guess that's a good way of uh, describing it. Um, when, when you don't know, when, when, when you're ignorant like me of the actual professional terms, uh, you know, I, I, I like to say it that way because I, I truly think that, that, that not all these people had their wires crossed the entire time. There was something events that happened because you say bonding, like they're bonding with Donald Trump. So, yes. but a lot of this don't, I mean, do, do you, do you think that, because uh, a lot of people want to blame it on social media. D- did they gain that bond through social media? Because a lot of these people did not go physically to a rally and see him. Um, they just seen him on video or something. So does that bond, right. can that bond happen even virtually? Yes, yes, yes. And so there's been research done here um, 
that where they had, you know, Trump's or they just had political. I'm I'm forgetting the exact study, but basically I'll, I'll give you a breakdown of what it was. They hooked people's brains up to a machine like an fMRI so they can study electrical impulses in their brains. And then they showed them different politicians and Donald Trump, like these people's brains, like something about Trump uh, just took their attention. Right. He is, He's something about him would just uh, grab their attention very quickly. And so this is sort of, uh, and, and that was, they're just uh, looking at it virtually, right? That's not them being with him in person. So there was something about Trump where he was really able to get these people to respond and to respond in a significant way. So so do you think it's his hair? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, um, I'll I'll give you I'll give you that that he does have a high intensity of response even with just images of him. Uh, right. I think I think I think it's not just people who support him. I think it's people who don't support him as well. Right. Uh, you, you know he, he's a very interesting uh, physically <laughs> being. I mean you know he obviously he obviously has his signature his signature hair his signature tie his signature suits he he's he's almost like a cartoon character in that you don't see right. him in any other state um i think that's why some of the, <laughs> the pictures of him really piss him off uh personally because they're outside of what his character you know he's he's always had this brand he always wants this character that right. he has and and it's pretty consistent do you think that coupled with like um, you know, he, he's very, he was very famous before he started running for president. Uh, and, and he gained a lot of popularity with the conservative movement, uh, through his birtherism about Barack Obama. I mean, do you think that's where some of that bonding comes from is, uh, in, sure. in those ideas? Sure. Sure. It, it absolutely. In those ideas. And, um, he, he, Donald Trump is one of these people that just exudes, whether it's real or not, he exudes confidence, right? He really does have a magnetic personality. Uh, and, and that magnetic you know, could push you away from him or pull you towards him. And he was really able to take a whole bunch of people who were not feeling so uh, wonderful about themselves, and he's able to sort of prop them up inside this grandiose way of being. So let's talk about that for a second, because I want to I want to switch gears here and, and take the focus off Donald Trump and more about the the people who uh, right. followed him in this QAnon. Because do you think do you think Trumpism and QAnon are the same thing, um, or do you think that that those the QAnon aspect of it and and some of those conspiracy theories are separate from Trump and they just fuel his base, or how do you, how do you think that correlates to? you know, this, this obsession with him and the bond that they have. I mean, where does that, so, how does the QAnon stuff play into it? Well, so it, I'm not a QAnon historian, but I do, um, I do remember like when I, when I heard about QAnon, it really started as these pro Trump conspiracy theories. So I think that they are enmeshed together. Now that doesn't mean that like, uh, if you're a Trumper or you're uh, into Trumpism, that you're definitely into QAnon, but and again, this isn't a scientific finding here, but I wouldn't be surprised if you know you were much more likely to be involved in QAnon if you were also involved in Trumpism. So, so let me ask you then: Do you think that 
because my my assumption is, and this is just my my view of it, because again, I know I know QAnon expert either, and I don't think we'll know this for several years until we really unpack how this happened, um, because there's a lot to unpack from this QAnon conspiracy theory. But right. let's let's uh, my assumption is is that it started off as this. You know, a couple people talking about conspiracy theories on Twitter or anywhere, eight uh, chan or four chan, whatever, right, right. right, whatever these places are, these 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 uh, these message boards are Reddit, and I believe that it was kind of just just to get attention, and it started to catch on. And, and my view of it is is that the right wing was really looking for a rebranding because after Charlottesville, they went to Charlottesville, they held torches. It was a bunch of white dudes. You know, basically yelling in the streets, Jews will not replace us. And and conservatives in this country are like, oh my gosh, no, you can't. Because, you know, Trump even said both sides thing. And it, that we, right. we did that whole thing where we basically said alt-right is not good, right? And and that, that step brand stuck with them. So the alt-right was looking for this way to work its way inside of white Christianity in this country, evangelicals to be specific. And they used QAnon to kind of program themselves and have this thin veiled uh, uh, conspiracy of white supremacy to convince religious people that that it's party it's part of you or, or something you know I, I don't know how this works I, I really don't even believe in conspiracy theories I honestly truly believe that Lee Harvey Oswald shot and killed JFK like I don't even believe the conspiracy theories right now um, so so I my brain doesn't work in this way to believe this these things right um and i think that has a little bit to do with it but do you think there's a component here of is it white supremacy is it religion did they is religion trying to use this is this are are these QAnon beliefs and these people who believe this QAnon stuff is it their religion that pre-programs to to believe this type of stuff i mean that it's a really good question tony and i i don't necessarily have the answer specifically for that do i think that what you're saying like do i think so with QAnon, it's anonymous right that's what anon is and so it's like yeah it could be anybody it could be anything everything you're saying it absolutely could be what i'm certain of is the people that are pulled towards conspiracy theory are pulled towards it because they feel very unsure of themselves they feel very insecure and they believe that this is a way for them to have knowledge and have uh certainty um, in an otherwise uh, a world in which they otherwise don't feel that way, um, it, you know, it's also a way. And religion does this too. It prevents them from having to live into uh, chaos, right? So religion, much like conspiracy theory, can give you like uh, an organized worldview, so you don't feel so uncertain and you don't feel so uh, insecure. So, so basically, what you're saying is what these two things have in common with religion. Because I, I am an atheist, so I, I don't, I don't have the 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 uh, a faith belief. Um, uh, but I believe that sometimes can be a detriment to me. And the reason why is because I think people use religion in a way that fills the gaps of the things that they don't know. So sure. if they don't know something, they use their faith, which sometimes can be good for that person's mental health state. Uh, to explain it with a faith-based reason, uh, because then you don't have to actually know; you just have faith, right? Um, so, do you think that they're filling some of their some of their reality holes, or, or or are they creating holes intentionally to fill that reality with these conspiracies, and you know, kind of peg those holes closed with these conspiracy theories to explain why they want to believe this stuff, or is it unwitting? They just 
what do you? I mean, can you unpack that? Yeah. So, so I think, uh, and and I'll, it'll piggyback off of what I was just saying. I, I and so I think they are filling holes, and I think really I, they have a desire. The pe- so people that are involved in QAnon and conspiracy theories, they have a desire to feel uh, unique or a desire to feel superior, and that's both individually and uh, at the group level. So they would have, um, you know, they have inside information, right? That's what QAnon is. It's all this inside information that they have that you and I don't have, Tony. So that means that basically you and me are sheep and that person is on the inside, right? <laughs> and so and right, and so in that way, they feel superior. And then look at that at the group level too, right? If you're in QAnon, QAnon is like all knowing and moral, right? They're, they have a big morality thing, right? Because you and I, again, we are just uh, passive observers in this crazy cabal of pedophilia that is going on underneath our noses. And so they're superior. And again, we are the sheep. And so I think it really fulfills a psychological need, again, to be unique and to feel uh, special. And there is a huge um, narcissistic element to, to it as well. So speaking of that and and how it kind of relates and, and, and kind of looks like, because it looks like religion. Is, it, is, sure, sure. It looks yeah. like religion. But is it is it is it more than just their their individual faith as into is there a component of it where they have to feel like they're a part of something do you think that's right. the trumpism of it or is it, i mean is that separate from the qAnon because again these things cuz i i know people personally who will tell me I don't believe in that QAnon stuff. That stuff's crazy. And then you ask them about individual things. They're like, of course I believe that. Of course I believe that. And like, that's that's QAnon. Like, that's exactly what they're saying. <laughs> right, so, right. And I, I think the problem is, um, and we talked about this earlier, about social media and algorithms. And it's I believe that algorithms are garbage in, garbage out. Everyone wants to blame the algorithm for feeding us bad things. But the algorithm only feeds us what we want to see, right? right. The right. algorithm is artificial intelligence that's feeding us the garbage because we want the garbage. We want it. Right. So is is there some innate desire for these people because they want to feel like they're part of a group? That the religion aspect, because I believe that's a lot of religion. Because I I, I yep. know a lot of people that go to church, but they're not very religious. Right. It's just a matter of I like to go and get dressed up and be part of the group and be right. and be accepted as part of the group. It, so is it is QAnon and Trumpism separate in that way? Are they kind of the same? Or tell me more about like is it an acceptance thing or is it an, an, as a group or is it an individual thing? See, so so again, I think it's both, right? I think it's um, it's fulfilling a need on both levels to feel important, special, unique both as an individual and, ooh, my group is that way too. And yes, um, religion is very much like that as well. So, um, and it's actually the fellowship that happens among in religions is one of the, um, I would say, good things about religion. Meaning that, you know, there's all sorts of research that shows that being part of, you know, you um, just an, your average normal religion uh, and being a part of that religion is going to most people live longer if they are part of that sort of uh, fellowship, and that just goes back to yeah, feeling like they belong. So now QAnon. If, so if we want to go, I guess we could say, and I haven't thought this through, Tony. So I'm just putting this out there now. I guess we could say that QAnon could be a psychotic, very twisted form of religion. Okay, well that makes sense. I, I mean, so, so what you're saying about the fellowship is that 
it's not necessarily um, that's not a state of the psychosis. It's just that's that's what helps someone through the psychosis. Is that fair sure. to say? Or, or okay, sure. okay. So so now that we know what this is, and we'll never know for sure. You know, I I mean, I I think that's the the the, the hardest part is this stuff lives out on the the internet and it's hard for us to determine which of them are actually seriously believing this stuff and which of these are just agging it on um and you know they're being internet trolls or they're lurkers or whatever is actually happening you know some people are intentionally stoking the fire Uh, i remember uh one of the theories before january 20th before the inauguration was the face-off theory where they were going to right and and it and it it really at, at first, I'm like, there's no way Wait. that these people actually believe it. But then I thought, it's probably someone who trolled on these forums and said, hey, no, they're going to switch their faces. And because they saw it on a forum and a couple people that they knew picked it up, that they started to believe this thing. Just like this March 4th thing. So are you what? aware of the March 4th thing of what they're... Well, let me see. So first of all, you just blew me away. Wait, you're saying they didn't trade faces? Yeah, they did not. No, they they, <laughs> they they did not. They did not do the Nicolas Cage John Travolta right, right, thing. Right, right. They did not do that. Thing. What what's what's really what what really bl- blows my mind about that theory is that only a couple weeks later, there's actually a story about a guy who had one of the first successful fl- face transplants. He actually <laughs> he was a burn victim, and he wow. literally had an actual face transplant. And if you read that story and you read about how complicated it was to give that person uh, that actual face transplant and how successful it was and why it was successful, you would completely understand the critical thinking behind the idea of them switching faces, how fucking ridiculous it is that Joe Biden and and Donald Trump would switch faces. Like you would – there's no way if you read the one story first that you could ever be in a universe that you could ever consider – that the, the second story about Joe Biden and Donald Trump switching faces could ever right. exist outside a science fiction movie. Right. Um, it's just on his face. It's crazy. Right. But this is where we're at. I mean, it's the same thing about this March 4th thing. And I think that's why they attach themselves to these little things that seem like they can be true. And, and is there something to them like moving the goalpost? Is that part of conspiracy? Is that part of psychosis? Like, is that part of the mental health state that they're in? Or, or is that just, is that just something that they're doing that the leaders of this movement who are monetizing it? Cause let's face it. There are people right. who are monetizing this. Is that what they're doing just to continue to monetize this thing? Right. So it absolutely would be a part of, um, psychosis in that, these people um, keep believing outlandish, like completely unreal things, right? It's not just, um, you know, who killed Kennedy type of thing. Like some of this stuff gets really crazy, like Democrats being lizard people, right? So now you're, ta- you're talking about actual delusions at that point, right? The other important thing you brought up that I want to just circle back to for a second when you were mentioning the face-off thing and if they actually were able to look at real information... So that's another hallmark of QAnon and conspiracy theories in general is that most people that buy into these things have a lower IQ. And it doesn't mean they're not smart. It doesn't mean they're stupid. It just means they were never given the tools to be able to, to critically think or to accurately source information. And so the information that they're getting is really they believe it's superior, right? They, they believe that this is the truth and they have no other way to, to look up that 
uh, face transplant situation that you were that you were talking about that would make them go, oh, you know. So that's another part of it. And then moving the goalpost, yeah, I, I think you bring up a, an important point about them monetizing it. And it's also the other part here is that they eat up the moving of the goalpost because they're so desperate for this to keep going because if it stops, if they have to drop into like, so they have all sorts of psychological defense mechanisms triggered inside of them to not uh, see how deceived they have been to not feel how duped they have been. And so they're going to welcome, they're going to eat up any sort of moving of the goalpost when say January 6th doesn't happen. Right. Or, or March 4th doesn't happen. They're going to feel like shit and they're going to be looking for, something else to latch on to. So you're saying, are you saying in that respect, because um, I guess what I'm hearing you say is it's easier for them to explain away shit that doesn't happen that they say is going to happen that is fucking ridiculous just on its face. Like th- this March 4th thing is absolutely right. asinine. Right. The, right. the January 6th thing was on its face was crazy. So was the, the inauguration than this March 4th thing. But are you saying that it's easier for them in their psychosis to to say, oh, well, it didn't happen because of this reason, and just come up with yes. some other deluded reason, yeah. or it, uh, than it is to just admit that, hey, this is all a delusion? Is that what you're saying, that it's easier to keep so, right, getting so, more delusions than just say, it is a fucking delusion? Right, right. So the hallmark of psychosis is, right, is the psychotic person doesn't – they can develop insight into their symptoms – but a big hallmark of it is they don't know, right? The psychotic person is living in an alternative reality and their perception is that their reality is real and ours is the alternative reality, right? So it's just, it's really important to know that the, you know, 9.9 times out of 10, the psychotic person has no awareness and no insight that they are deluded or psychotic in any way. So we keep talking about like it's an individual thing, but the, the problem that I think that we have here. Is that there? It's it's, and I don't think it's a large percent. I mean, some people would consider it a large percentage of the population, but I don't think there's a large percentage of the population that actually sees themselves as QAnon. Now, as I said before, I think a lot of people believe this garbage who don't identify as Q or QAnon or whatever the hell it is. Um, But there is a large number of people. That's I think the problem here is there's a large number of people that identify as as. QAnon or, or, or believe or have this psychosis. So is, what is the component because we've been talking about individualism right and individuals having this psychosis. So what the hell is the component there to have this mass psychosis because that I think is the thing because individual psychosis as you call it or I call them wackadoos individually they're, they're, not, they're not a threat to our uh, democracy but on a large scale it is obvious that they can cause a lot of concern for our democracy. So how did we get there? Like, is there something about the conspiracy theories, like cult-like? Everyone says the word cult. So is there something there that gives them this, you know, to do this on a mass scale and have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people believing this absolute nonsense? Right. So <clears throat> QAnon, right? It absolutely, QAnon, I think, does the criteria for being a cult um now that might be where your social media and stuff comes in like how it was able to reach such a large audience of people some of the factors we've already talked about you know a large swath of our country 
not knowing how to source accurate information. I think uh, the, also this, the pandemic plays into this in that a lot of people went online who previously were not online, right? They were doing other things. Even the older population, especially going online, finding YouTube, right? Like YouTube University kind of stuff. Hey, don't knock YouTube. We're on it right now. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just no. kidding. <laughs> well, no, I'm not. not I, what I'm saying is people can use that. You can fall into a YouTube wormhole. You can find anything on YouTube, right? Right. It's kind so, of garbage in, garbage out, like I was talking earlier. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, and also, I think it's really important to say this. A psychotic person or even a group of psychotic people is no more or less dangerous than a, than a healthy person or a group of healthy people. Uh, people the only time when it gets dangerous is if uh, a criminal element is introduced right so you could have a bunch of psychotic people and you could tell them you know go to the the holy land and and pray and whatever and, and that's fine but then if you start telling them to fight you start telling them to be violent that's the problem so psychosis in and of itself is not violent and that's actually um a, a real big misconception in sort of general society that I felt like it was important to say. So where were you during the trials of the insurrection? If, uh, <laughs> if, if telling these people to go, to go fight is, uh, w when it turns violent, uh, I, I think that's, I, you know, unpack that a little bit because, um, I don't know that all the insurrectionists were would identify as QAnon, but they definitely seen Trump as their leader. So yes. in this in this cultish thing that we're talking about, if it is a yes. cult, who is the cult leader? Is the cult leader Trump or is the cult leader Q? Right. And and who gives the orders and who I mean, because right, right. generally in a cult, you have a authoritarian leader, right? Yes. yes. And then you listen which, to that leader. Right. Which Trump does fall under that definition right he is an authoritarian he is a leader um but he is not claiming you know explicitly that this is my my cult it could be uh q right but nobody knows who q is people think maybe trump is q or what it, it gets it gets pretty uh pretty intense but really what what's happening is i i think it's important to look, maybe even differently than a cult it's not uh it might be better. See, because when you look at it, when you when you put cult on it, right, like people do really kind of curl away from that. And if we are looking to bridge any sort of gap, right, to make uh, to promote healing in any way, we, we might we might not want to shout that from the rooftops. Instead, we might say things like these people have been, you know, victims of an abusive relationship. Right. Because I really feel like what you've seen with QAnon and with Trump. And if we, if we say that they are uh, leader 1A and leader 1B, is that there has been a lot of deception, a lot of manipulation, a lot of uh, mind hijacking from both of those things, which is the same uh, stuff as if you have a relationship between two people and one of those people is the abuser and one of them is the abused, an abusive relationship. It has all the hallmarks, all the qualities of that. So let's let's talk about the because you mentioned, you know, healing and getting their mental state uh, in a better position. Um, is this a thing where we can just, uh, you know, s just call these people wackadoos and keep badgering <laughs> them? Are, are, are we do we need actual physical mental health care for these people? Sure. I mean, what 
Can, can we get them out of the state? Can we not get them out of the state? I mean, what's the answer there to right. turn this around, right? right. If, if this is a problem, how do we, what's the solution for the problem? Right. So here's the main thing, right? And I mentioned that in that the video that you, you did sort of introducing me is the main thing that happened. And I think you saw uh, the cult, if we're going to call it that, we saw it cut maybe even in half when Trump was removed from office and left right after january 6th i think a lot of people said okay this is way too crazy the light bulb went on and now exposure is way down right trump doesn't have certain platforms now to to every day be sort of uh keeping up that emotional bond strengthening that emotional bond so over time things will sort of fade and i think people will return to health some people will return to health other ones tony that's the other thing is they would need to want help, right? The only thing you and I can do is um, maybe try to understand a little bit more that they're in a tough spot, right? They really have been deceived on a grand scale. And um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of pain inside of them, a lot of uh, devastation inside of them to really see that, to see how, if they can see how deceived they've been, right? If they can get insight into how um, sort of their minds were polluted by sort of like the machinations of this madman Trump. So you've treated a lot of people with psychosis, but have you treated anyone specifically uh, about the QAnon at this point? Or no. and 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 it, it, it does it does it does or does that go into actually treating someone where you're specifically pointing out, you know, their actual delusions? I mean. Yeah. What, what is what is the step for healing these people? And I guess my next question is, is can we force them to heal or do we just have to stand back and wait for the light switch to come on? Because I've watched the light switch come on. There was that lady that went on CNN. She's on TikTok now. Um, and, she, right. uh, and, right. and it's and it almost seems like it is a light switch. Like they have this moment where it's like, boom, the light bulb comes on and they're like, oh, all that other stuff that I believed was completely false right right right. and and it doesn't seem like there's this gradual walk from them believing delusion and then slowly walking to not believing delusion um where the opposite way is it's a slow walk to delusion because they believe these little nuggets along the way and then boom they're full on in this rabbit hole right it seems like it doesn't happen that way and maybe i'm wrong but it doesn't seem like it happens that way on the way out it's almost like the light switch is turned on and boom they just here it is. Okay, now I know what the truth is. So how do we unpack that? And do we turn the light bulb on for them? Or do we have to wait for them to turn the light bulb on? Okay, so because, right, because there's been so much deception and because that would conspire with anyone's um, psychological defense mechanism against pain, what ends up happening is uh, they're completely hijacked in terms of listening to logic or reasoning right that stuff's not gonna happen like and that's what i think of when i when when you say do we turn the light bulb on um we're not going to be able to turn that light bulb on and really a lot of attempts for us to turn the light bulb on say like oh well check out this and, and here's this logic and here's this argument um really only pushes them further and further away from the light bulb so really it's going to be a lot of patience and really having firm boundaries within ourselves to not follow them into any sort of rabbit hole. So I guess the, that's the long 
and convoluted answer to they're going to have to turn the light bulb on. And I think with time, they're going to move closer and closer towards a light bulb and um, it's going to turn on. Others are just going to find another conspiracy theory and they're just going to, they're going to live that way. And they're probably just going to progress into a deeper and a deeper uh, paranoid, deluded way of being. And there's nothing you and I can do to stop that. So what is what is the danger of that if we have a we still have a large number of people who uh, result to that? I mean, right. it is it, uh, with the internet the, the problem that I see with this you call psychosis, I call it wackadoos is uh, <laughs> our Looney Tunes because uh, I really do think it's a mental health problem. Is that if we have um, if we have a bunch of people that are connecting on the internet, whether it's on Facebook or Twitter or 8chan or for wherever the hell these people are gathering up, um, if there's enough of them, uh, can they be actually physically dangerous? Or is this a situation where the dangerous people are manipulating the people right. that are the sheep here? Right. I mean, because th- not all these people are sheep. Some of these people are intentionally making up this information yes. to convince other people of this. Like Jim Jones didn't believe all the garbage he spewed in Jonestown. He did it for his own gain, his own personal power, his own personal lust for that power over other human beings. Um, but he knew that shit wasn't true, and the reason why is because in the end, he killed himself, and that's why he wanted them to kill themselves. So what what... What is it about, you know, these people that are going to remain? Is this is this a thing where it is a dangerous thing, or can we just expect that the people who are disseminating this information intentionally know that it's not true? They're not going to act on it. They're just trying to get other people to act on it. What what can we can we unpack that, or or will we not know for a long time? Well, so well, here's what you're saying is I think absolutely true that there are people, the, the dangerous ones are the ones manipulating the information and manipulating the people. But I think there is also recruitment happening in that way, right? So uh, alt-right groups, white supremacist groups, I think they will co- have been and will continue to recruit people into their uh, fold. And I think they will radicalize these people, which would will be violence, right? So, I mean, I think you're, you, right, I think the FBI has been pretty plain about that, is that the, the number one threat to our country, and increasingly so, is domestic terrorism from alt-right groups. So I think this does have that component to it. The scary thing here, for me anyway, is I don't think Donald Trump, as much as he wants to say he's incredibly smart, I don't think he's an incredibly smart person, right? So if you have someone like Trump that comes along who's actually smart and who's actually a better manipulator, what could he, you know, what, like, really, what could that person do you know so that's the thing that worries me about how much of this infrastructure is going to still be in place say in 2024 and what type of uh person could come along and sort of sort of like a more evil donald trump so in other words if a (laughs) non-buffoon can can become the the i'll put it the way i put it a (laughs) non-buffoon take over take over the fucking cult for him Right. And 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 continue this this thing that that's where it could get fucking right. dangerous is what you're saying right right so so that that is an interesting question and uh, be, because I think that poses 
the actual criminality of it. Because I don't think QAnon in itself is a is is criminal, right? I I think if you want to believe wild crazy ideas, you know, certainly you can believe wild and crazy ideas. This is a free country. We're free to believe a bunch of dumb shit, right? I mean, that's part of freedom. And if we think we're going to stop people from believing dumb shit, we are out of our fucking minds. But I do think at some point where, like you're saying before, if you take a white supremacist who is a professional white supremacist, this is what they make money, this is their living, is to radicalize people, criminally radicalize people. Um when, when that criminal component becomes part of it, um, how how does the medical community? Because you know it's different. It's different in the medical community than law enforcement. How, how does the medical community deal with this? Isn't this isn't just a mental health thing? This is now has that criminal component to it. I mean, is it beyond mental health? Mental health and the mental health infrastructure's control at that point, and it has yeah. to be dealt through through law enforcement or or what? Tell us about that because I think the criminality portion of it is we're going to see this play out in court with some of these insurrectionists and and the people who organize this, uh, in particular probably some of these Oath Keepers, the Three Percenters, uh, uh, Roger Stone I know has been in the news a lot lately uh, um, that he was with the Oath Keepers beforehand, um, also the Proud Boys, and then even uh, Donald Trump and some of his allies, allies that are close around him. Did they have anything to do with the organization of the actual insurrection, the criminality of it? So, so tell me... What what at what point does the medical health community go? Well, it is beyond our control at this point. This is a criminal thing. You know, right. speaking of of radicalizing people, I'll tell you. And um, there's there's a way that I feel like the mental health, the medical community, might have failed people in um, in a lot of ways these past couple years, it, and maybe even longer than that. Because for the longest time, there's kind of been like a a, a credo of you don't take any you don't you don't touch politics right like it's you, you don't do that you don't so a lot of people were not speaking out um until it was probably too late about the kind of disorders they might see in someone like Donald Trump right or about the kind of disorders they might see or or the danger potential for QAnon and so i think the medical community medical community could have been um more outspoken on that so there's that part of it, but ultimately, I think I think it's to a point where a lot of this stuff is going to be, um, yeah, the, the justice system is going to have to figure out a lot of this stuff because the criminal aspect. There's not much that um, the medical field can do about can do about that. Um, and again, you cannot. So here's the other thing: you cannot force mental health treatment on anyone. You can try to, but it never works. Uh, you know, I've worked with so many people who were mandated into treatment, and nothing happens. It, it, they don't want to be there. You can't. You know, you can you can make somebody show up. Uh, what is it? You you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And that's that's so true. Well, I I, I think you're I think you're right about that. <clears throat> and going back to Jonestown, comparing. Uh, you know, I know it's not a very good comparison, but it's one of the best cult-like comparisons that we have, right, right. Uh, where they followed one individual who is uh, who uh, you know you said they bonded um, with, and I think that was part of Jonestown as they were not only not only emotionally but physically bonded with this person because he would he would do healings with them and all kinds of crazy stuff. Now, now Trump doesn't have that 
that physical bond with these people where he walked into a crowd and you know would heal them and things um where where uh jim jones and i think that's how he got them to move to a different country because they were physically bonded to him um but we had our tarmac moment if you if you go back and look at the history of jonestown we had our tarmac moment with january 6th um and 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 i don't think that we've reached our kool-aid moment here yet um and i hope there i hope there isn't a kool-aid moment um you know where these people decide that it's it's not even worth um you know continuing at all because everything they found out is true or someone tells them something um so and, and I don't know because I don't I don't get onto the deep dark parts of the web and and look and see what these QAnon people are saying. Uh, I just I just kind of look at what other people are saying that they're saying and what's right. being reported. Um, so there might be some deep parts of the web that uh, of this QAnon stuff that has already tried this. I don't know, but I don't think no. we've reached a Kool Aid moment yet, and I hope we don't. But uh, can you? Can you, having treated people, have you ever seen someone that was in the state of a, a quote-unquote Kool-Aid moment? And d- d- is that a turning point for some of these people? Or is it just in, in mass? I'm not talking about individual, but in mass. Right. Because they are disseminating this information in mass. You know, they're, they're, they're eating this stuff uh, in a mass way on these forms. So, because uh, uh, the dangerous part here for those people, not, not for us as people who don't believe in QAnon, I believe the dangerous part for their mental health and their lives is a Kool-Aid moment. Right. And and do we reach a Kool-Aid moment or is this a completely different thing and I'm way off? So th- those are really good questions that I wish I had the answer to. Like I wish I knew, is this going to go to a, uh, a Kool-Aid moment? And I haven't. So I've worked with many people that had psychosis, but I've never worked with someone that was um, sort of active in any sort of cult Right. And so I think that um, I, I don't want to speak too much on uh, where that's going. I don't know where that's going. You know, so I don't want to pretend like I do. And there could be a Kool-Aid moment, but I, I hope that there's not just like you. Well, I, I, I think there's a lot of stuff to agree on here. And I think I think uh, and you'll probably agree with me on this, too. As we go along um, and, and the months tick by here, and especially once we we unpack what actually happened during January 6th, um, right. and, and not not only what these people did, but what led them to do this. Because you know, I uh, the the the, the Q, QAnon shaman or the buffalo guy, the guy with the fucking horns. Right, right. They're right. The statement he made was, "Oh, I felt like I was duped by Donald Trump." You know, he reached his light switch moment right. where he says he was duped by Donald Trump. He feels like it. Now, I said in a video that I made, "That's your fucking radar picking up facts, dude." Um, and I, and I think that's the thing is, is when these people finally, you know, start to pick up the facts and let me tell you something, these people that are sitting in rooms, uh, in detention centers with their lawyer and their lawyers telling them, Hey, you're going to go to prison for a very long time. No matter what here, no matter what we say and what we do, you're going to go to federal prison. And, and that can hit someone in the face very hard and change and have a light switch. If that's the truth. Um, we've seen it with the Jenna Ryan. Um, you know, she, we haven't heard much from her lately because she did the whole, well, I don't feel guilty because Donald Trump told me that I, I could do it. Well, we haven't heard a lot from her lately, and that's probably because her attorney said, you need to sit down and shut up because <laughs> you're making it worse for yourself because our only defense here, because really their only defense is that they were duped, that right. they were literally convinced that 
that this was the right thing to do. Now, what that means in court is they will have to prove that if they go down the road of a trial, which what I'm what I'm trying to get at here is that we will have evidence that will be public that will show what these people believed, how they believed it, the timeline that they believed it in, and what made them act. Um, and maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, when that information gets out there, maybe some of these people that are going, wow, I believe the same thing. Right. You know, I, th- I think it could have a light switch moment for right. them as well. And, yes. and um, you know, I, I, I don't know, I don't know that QAnon uh, is a long-term threat to our democracy. Uh, I don't. I really don't even see it, uh, honestly, as a short-term threat to our democracy itself. I see it as a as a threat to uh, our education more than anything, and to stall mm-hmm. our education in this country. Because uh, and and uh, I think this idea to ignore it is really stupid too. We shouldn't ignore this thing. We should get it out in the open. We should give it daylight because uh, I believe that sunlight is the best disinfectant. Um, I believe it gives an opportunity for these people to go. Wow, you know the people that are like I'm not Q, but they believe everything that Q says, right? Uh, because because a lot of these people aren't uh, aren't aren't getting this information from Q themselves. They're getting it from their neighbors or their their parishioners at church or their friends on Facebook who are posting a Q right. meme that doesn't say Q right. on it, right? Right. So they're getting these ideas and they're 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 in this mental state of QAnon without even knowing it. Right. So. I think I think we got a lot uh, a long ways to go to unpack this Q stuff, but again, I, I don't think it goes anywhere because uh, you know this March Fourth thing <laughs> they took out a sovereign citizen theory. If you guys have ever heard of that, the sovereign citizen shit is way out there too. But what they did is they plucked out the thing that they need to move the goalpost, put it in their QAnon soup, and now now it's part of their theory, right? And I believe after March 4th is over and they're like, ah, well, there's nothing to that. They just pluck something out of another conspiracy theory, put it in their QAnon soup and stir it up a bit. And bam, you're right back and moving the goalpost down to a different date. And I think the next date will probably probably be the primaries because that's next year. So something's going to happen next year. And then when that doesn't happen, it'll be 2024. And But, but I, I think the good part is here, when we go through these criminal trials... Um, uh, uh, either with the insurrectionists or the people who organized this. I believe this country is going to have some really good information, some really good evidence of what happened, how it happened, and how they were radicalized. Because ultimately, I think that's the dangerous part about this QAnon stuff, is people can be radicalized just like they were radicalized. Uh, some of these young men were radicalized to go over and be a part of ISIS. It's the exact same thing. These people are terrorists. They're right-wing delusional terrorists. They believe delusional stuff that people have deluded them to believe. And if they can be coerced to act violently on these delusions, that's the dangerous part. And to assume that some of these people are any any different than than these than how they radicalize some of these young men to go over and participate in ISIS and the caliphate over there, you're absolutely a bonehead. Um, it is the exact same thing. It's just it's just from a different angle, from a different group trying to get them to radicalize to to stop or kill a different group of people, and to think that that the threats of them killing um, public officials is not real. I think that's really stupid too. We need to take that very seriously. Um, that's why it concerns me that you know we we scoff this off as mental health, right? But everyone has mental health problems. Everybody. 
this isn't this isn't this isn't a a you you have a low IQ so you're more susceptible, which that may be the case, but everyone has mental health problems. Right. I, I mean, you think of a physical athlete. A physical athlete can sprain their ankle. They could be in the best physical shape of their life and sprain an ankle. An NFL quarterback can be in the best physical health of their entire fucking life and they'll never be more athletic than in that moment and be hit on the skull with another helmet and be concussed and not be that athlete that they were anymore, right, from that point forward. They may appear it. It may seem that way. But in all reality, they're not. So we're not all immune from mental health problems. Um, and I think we all have a certain degree of mental illness. And you could probably speak more of that, but we don't have enough time to speak on that. But maybe we'll do another show on that because I, I really truly believe that a lot of people um, don't t- – they take for granted their mental health and that, oh, I feel good today. But it, it can take one little light bulb that, that switches on or off, and you're absolutely in that state. So Totally agree. I, I thank I thank you for coming on again, Matt. Uh, I really do, and I hope you can come on again and we can talk about this some more. Maybe maybe in a few months we'll know a little more. Um, We'll have a little more insight. Maybe more of these people. That's well, right, right. (laughs) Well, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of events as they move these goalposts and as they say this and say that, and it all falls apart. I think it will really. It will really help the country understand why this is boneheaded stuff to believe. And I think it'll be more reason for us to go, well, that's what that was. That's what that was. Because we won't know it until it happens. Right. We won't know it until it happens. And I think uh, I thank you for coming on. And hopefully we can have you on in the future. And uh, don't be shy, okay? If if you have something to say and you want to say it, uh, let me know and I'll... uh, Get you back on the podcast. Thanks, Matt, for coming. Oh, and I want to tell everyone, go follow him on TikTok because this guy has – go watch his videos on this stuff uh, because he does a really good job of breaking some of this stuff down in 60 seconds. But I wanted to have a longer platform to explain. So thank you, Matt, for coming on. Go follow him on TikTok. We'll talk to you later, buddy. Have a good one. Thanks, Tony. So there you have it. We fixed the entire Q problem all in an hour, right? No, this this is not going to be uh, this is not going to be an overnight fix. We're not going to fix this thing in an hour, uh, but we need to keep talking about it, uh, and we need to talk about it in a way that is going to be productive. Uh, you know, and and I think that the most productive way to talk about it is a mental health state in this country. What is crazy to me? What is fucking crazy to me about this whole thing? The whole entire thing is the people actually fighting for mental health care for these people are the fucking people that voted against Donald Trump. They're the ones who want to make sure that these people have some mental fucking health care in this country. We're the ones fighting for it. That's the craziest part to me. So hopefully, hopefully we can get mental health care in this country, uh, uh, more access to it. And these people um, can see the light that, hey, this stuff is bogus and wrong and dumb. And move on to a different radicalization of the right wing because we're not going to get rid of the right wing in this country. Not anytime soon. We never get rid of the right wing. So maybe they'll move on to the next uh, uh, theory, but it would be less dangerous than it is the way it is now. Uh, But I do agree with Matt when he says that uh, Trump being off the Internet and Trump not having the influence uh, does help. Uh, And and 
his little letter to Mitch McConnell doesn't demonstrate that any better. Because it, it feels like to me that his letter against Mitch McConnell <laughs> was this letter that he saved up all the mean tweets that he wanted to tweet about Mitch McConnell, and he wrote them down on a sheet of paper uh, and, and decided to just compile them into one big letter. So uh, hopefully he can continue to uh, get, get his influence knocked down and down, and these people can finally figure out the light and the where they're going. But in the meantime, in the meantime, you know, fuck them. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the Tony Michaels Podcast. Podcast. In your face commentary of current events and political news. No rules, no boundaries. I think we've made that perfectly clear. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon. In the meantime, follow Tony on social media at the Tony Michaels. And until next time, raise a fist and repeat after me. Fuck them.